Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Cool Stuff Jimmy Gets from Mexico podcast. Um, episode six. First off, thank you very much, as always, for the feedback, the inboxes, the long, in-depth conversations I've had the opportunity to have with some of my listeners and friends. Um, feedback is always appreciated, such as, <clears throat> on a technical note, uh, Jimmy, you should say what you what this podcast is about in every episode in the beginning because uh, people that just jump in don't really know the deal. So if you're just joining us, welcome. Thanks for joining. Uh, please join our Facebook group, Cool Stuff Jimmy Gets from Mexico. I am Jimmy. I get cool stuff from Mexico. Uh, how it works is uh, over many, many years, I've cultivated relationships with people all throughout Mexico who have cultivated relationships with artisans all throughout Mexico, and they have uh, put us in contact in many cases. Um, and I go down to Mexico buy really cool stuff, handmade stuff, or not necessarily has to be handmade, but just cool stuff I come across, uh, which is abundant down yonder. Um, I bring it back uh, to my group members. I do live sales on location. I'll do live sales with stock. Uh, we are currently homeless as far as a brick and mortar, uh, but that uh, uh, is a developing uh, situation that uh, I'll have more information on that as it develops. But uh, that's the gist of it. That's what I do. Um, I talk about uh, basically uh, every aspect um, that I can that comes to mind uh, in my podcasts as uh, as I do business down in Mexico. Um, I always say I'm very uh, uniquely positioned to do uh, business down yonder. Um, just I don't know. Just uh, every. I've I've amassed a, a set of skills and experiences over the past uh, twenty something years that uh, uh, allows me to uh, go down to very remote rural locations and uh, uh, meet and uh, um, establish relationships with uh, our artisans. Uh, something I like doing, you know, here I like meeting new people. I like uh, I like talking. I like uh, people. So I like it in English. I like it in Spanish. And uh, one thing, um, that's what I wanted to discuss today. Um, as uh, this episode is called, uh, No Espanol, No Problem. So uh, as I mentioned, I feel myself uniquely positioned to be able to do this business. And I will share with the group uh, what I had previously thought is a trade secret that I did not want to. You know, put out there, but I will. For the first time, I have a uh, superpower, and uh, my superpower is I am, get ready for it, I am totally okay sounding dumb speaking Spanish. Yeah, that's it. I have no problem saying things wrong. I have no problem being corrected. I have no problem asking, how do you say this? I have no, I, it's just not, and I believe that comes from my time in Mexico as a student arriving, speaking as I call it Detroit Spanish, which is, uh, as it was explained to me, is not Spanish at all. Uh, words that I thought were Spanish that I would say just uh, in addition to people not understanding what I was talking about, they just kind of laughed. A lot of, uh, a lot of Spanglish, 
um, a lot of uh, things that I thought were universally spoken and understood as quote unquote, you know, Mexicans, as we all were. I spoke uh, previously on that uh, particular topic. Uh, on that note, I am very glad to see that two things. Number one, that is by now the new most popular episode. Perhaps because we're getting new listeners, uh, but perhaps what I assume is that I'm given our, our demographic here, uh, Southeastern Michigan, the group on Facebook, we're 2,000 members. A lot of folks I know personally, uh, or our friends of friends, we're all, you know, uh, uh, Americans of Mexican descent in many cases. Uh, we all have similar backgrounds, uh, experiences as our as the our previous generations before us. Um, uh, what I do resonates with, you know, my my tribe, my people, our group. Uh, we all support, we all, you know, love and appreciate Mexico, its people, its artisans, its language, its culture, everything. Um, so I'm happy to see that uh, this previous episode outperformed um, our previous uh, first place, which was uh, the Life is a Highway one when I was discussing the, the perils and dangers of uh, Mexico. As I always say, I never want to lead with a negative foot. I'm always um, concerned and cognizant of uh, how uh, my stories come across. As I say, I'm just relaying my experiences, but at the same time, I don't want to uh, uh, give a negative. Um, I don't just want to focus on a negative or give a negative impression of Mexico, its people, its customs, its culture, its language, it's, it's everybody I deal with, its artisans, none of that. So, uh, number one, I'm, I'm glad to see that. Uh, number two, um, in the conversations I've had, a lot of folks said, man, man, me too. Me too, bro. It's, it's this, this whole Mexicanidad, this whole, you know, uh, 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 being uh, a, a quote-unquote Mexican, a Mexican-American, those those things, um, it resonates. Those those uh, that that uh, situation, uh, I guess that that predicament, that positioning with so many of at least the listeners that have have given me feedback, and I'm always appreciative of it. And for those of you who have, you know, I'm always, like, dude. How's it coming across? Is it coming across all right? I don't want to. I don't want it to come across negative. Are we good? Are we good? So uh, that's what I wanted to talk about today is uh, the, the, I guess, the pressures of which I'm aware um, regarding uh, us and Spanish. And what I'd like to say to start it all off is, look, it's cool, man. It's cool. It, I, I felt the pressures growing up, especially when I got to Mexico. As I said in the previous episode, you know. Uh, in my in my experience, and again, given I was a high school student, my peers were high school students, and again, nobody was trying to be professional or tactful or anything as as high school teenagers are not professional or tactful in any, and that goes for any high school student in most cases in my experience. So they were not, you know, uh, 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 number one, patient or kind, um, and number two, uh, in Mexico. Uh, you, they got, it's, it's just, a, it's a different culture, man. And, uh, one thing Mexicans are big on is, as I learned, uh, the term is carrilla. Echar carrilla. And what it basically translates to in, in English, uh, here in the United States is just busting balls, man. 
oh man, they will bust your balls. And it's, it's, uh, you got, you got to be able to deal with it. And that later, as I says, I, I kind of force gump my way through to attaining all these skills and, and, and experiences that have helped me in this business. And one of them is first place, I need to come to the understanding that I am not a Mexican. As they explained to me, they're like, dude, you're not from here. You're not, you're not, we are Mexicans. You are an American. And given if it was a border town, maybe it'd be a little different. But I was in Fresnillo, Zacatecas. That's central Mexico. Technically, asterisk, technically the southern part of the northern region. However, right in the middle. So it was so far away. I'm like in Michigan. They're like, what is, where is that? I have no idea. I came across some folks uh, who did say, oh, yeah, uh, Detroit, the, the Pistons, Los Pistones. And I never heard it in Spanish like that. Pistones, Pistones. Oh, the Pistons. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Huh. And a big thing also is the auto show. And just like I mentioned, you know, as far as being from uh, Dearborn, East Dearborn, born and raised, East Side Till I Die. What? So, I, yeah, uh, I don't go to Greenfield Village. I'm not, you know, wasn't growing up familiar with the Rouge plant and its historic significance as far as, you know, assembly lines and revolutionizing the auto industry, all those to Henry Ford and all. I wasn't because I'm from there. So, you don't really. But I became quickly aware of, yeah, the auto show was a big deal. I was walking down the street, um, I think it's in February, in December, or, or whenever the auto show used to be. I think they just changed it this past year. But uh, anyways, uh, it's it's cold in Michigan, and I'm walking down the street, and I see a, 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 a newsstand with magazines back when those were big. Uh, when Back in my day, we used to have magazines. And it was a whole a whole rack about the Detroit auto show. And everybody was, you know, wanting to see the new concept cars. And, you know, it, it was a big deal. And I was surprised at what a big deal the Detroit Auto Show was, you know, in Zacatecas. That I had previously been like, oh, yeah, the, as as all. And I swear, I'm sure we can all relate to that. Those of you in southeastern Michigan, Detroit especially. That, oh, the auto show's this week? Oh, okay. I didn't know it was this week. Oh, crap. Traffic's going to suck. You know, that's the way we kind of see it. But internationally, at least in Mexico, it was a big deal. My point is, is that uh, I was living in a place, I found myself in a place where no one knew anything about where I was from. No one cared. And as I mean, as a result, I went from, you know, going to a small Catholic school in Dearborn, you know, relatively what it's small on anyone's standards, 60 kids in my graduating class, you know, being uh, a big fish in a little pond to being in a spot where like, look, we don't know, we don't care. You talk funny and uh, we're going to make fun of you, dude. And boy, did they. And uh, again, I, I uniquely situated because it was, I believe, through those experiences of just getting just hammered, man. And mind you, Let's let's just think pop culture, 1997, when I showed up. You know, uh, Puff and Biggie were big. For example, my listeners perhaps might know, no one wanted to have a PhD, a player-hater degree. Nobody wanted to be a player-hater. Nobody wanted to be, you know, associated with anything um, uh, pertaining to jealousy or player-hating. To arrive in a small rural Mexican town where there's no concept of any of that. I just got a lot. I just got hated on, man, a lot. I got made fun of a lot. 
Uh, and I just needed to develop, you know, some coping skills and a sense of humor about it all. Because I'm I'm not, as I said before, traveling internationally in 1997 is not like now. There was no there was no connection back home. You know, you, you write a letter, snail mail once in a while. Email was new. You needed an Internet connection. Not everybody had it. It was dial up. You know, it was you were gone. I was gone. You're gone. Just completely. Which I think helped me and all because, you know, I, I would imagine, you know, it was an exchange program. Um, I'd imagine if a, a student in a similar situation now would be there, just be constantly in, in contact with, number one, their friends, number two, their home language, native language, I think it would it would hinder. I mean, I was down at one point, I remember speaking English got hard. I was down there for, you know, going on the, the better part of, of the year. And a friend actually from Michigan, also from exchange, came with a, another student on exchange. And I was like, hey, and I just, my the mental block of trying to switch gears back to English, I was just struggling to where they were like, this is better than trying to watch the Mexicans speak English. And I was like, oh, man, it's just, I haven't spoken English to anybody for so long. You know, it was, it was, it was odd. So my point being is through those experiences... And just quite honestly being made fun of with the uh, understanding and expectation being like, look, you don't know nothing. We don't expect you to know nothing. Uh, And come over here and let us uh, make fun of you in a bunch of ways that you won't understand. You know, on that note, let me talk about just Mexican humor. Look, to this day, I don't get it. I don't get Mexican jokes. I don't get the double meanings. Uh, the, the Mexican jokes are based on like double meanings. Um, folks will say stuff to me it, it, even to this day. I mean, now mind you, I was down there as a as a high school college student. Uh, I got a lot of friends, and we get together. It's just like we're in high school or college. We're still having a great time, laughing and everything. Yeah, we're all adults now, and our hair's falling out and graying and and all that stuff. But uh, we still, you know, have a good time together. And they'll still, you know, bust my chops here and there and, and it's all in fun. It's 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 very comforting for me to be among friends that when I show up, it's not, oh, let's cater to our visitor. It's just, oh hey, Jimmy's here again. What's up, man? He's like, hey Jimmy, A B C D F G and I'm like, Yeah, I don't know what that means. And they're like, <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. And then they'll explain it. My point being is it it my experience down there in learning Spanish. Uh, uh, real Spanish, not Detroit Spanish. I showed up thinking, I, you know, yeah, I speak Spanish. I, I won the Spanish award in high school, for God's sake. I show up, I, it didn't help me at all. I didn't know anything. It didn't, it, it reminded me of all those times where you listen to the recording and you're like, wait, what, what? They're talking so fast. What, what is it? Yeah, that plus a whole bunch of slang because I was in high school and kids do not speak properly like in the book. Hello, how are you? I would like to go to the library. You know, the 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 Spanish equivalent of, dude, why you talk so stupid? Oh man, this guy's giving me a headache. I can't believe this dude. You know, it, it that kind of stuff, and just just uh, it it was rough, and it was a whole different vocabulary, uh, uh, um, phrase out, everything. Everything was different than what I learned. It did help. That Spanish word did help in college. The year of college I did down there because I did know how to write and how to read. 
and my accents and conjugations were on point. And that's what they want to see in college. Uh, of course, I got put on point by my uh, ortografía en es redacción en español, which is uh, like Spanish class, like Americans have English class. Jose Chaparro. Profe, profesor Jose Chaparro. Then my professor, Jose Chaparro. Man, totally put me on blast. Like, uh, students, I don't know how our American student has better grammar in written Spanish than our Mexican students. Thinking he'd do me a solid or somehow help me. Oh, man, face palm. And, of course, everybody. Oh, man, a whole no- I'm like, oh, profe, why'd you, why'd you put me on blast like that? And, yeah, now everybody's busting my balls over that. So, oh, as far as the. Uh, I learned that relatively early. Uh, you hear that whistle, it's nothing good. All right? It's it's syllables, and it's regarding your mother. So, like I said, I heard it all. It was rough. It was especially just to be new, to be foreign, to not know. You know, hey, Jimmy, you like Mexican food? Yeah. Uh, you like chili? Yeah. Everybody laughs. And I'm just kind of standing there like, oh, okay. And then they explained to me some, I did have a group of friends like, Jimmy, come on. Just like, like in any high school scenario, you know, you get someone, you know, talking smack, laughing at you. And then someone tells you, it's because Jimmy, Jimmy, uh, when people ask if you like chili, it, it means number one, if, I mean, yeah, if you like chili peppers, but it also means if you like um, penis. And I was like, oh, great. So, I mean, it was big fun for, you know, teenage kids in high school. Uh, not, not a lot of, you know, fun for me at that particular time. My broader point is that being subjected to that type of uh, uh, treatment, that type of uh, uh, um, reception, ultimately helps me do what I do now, which is go down there. Look, the expectation isn't that I know. Some folks, it's yeah, they'll try it. I'll say things wrong. They'll 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 correct me like they do, you know. And I always say, if I was an American tourist, if I was blind, if I was an African tourist, if I was you know charcoal dark, or if I was you know Asian, you know they they would be working with me. But it's more like, uh, excuse me, you said this wrong, and I'm like, okay, yeah, correct myself, and then I move on. And they're like, oh, okay. I kind of garner some respect and like, oh, well, he's here obviously to business, and and he's serious, so let's be serious now. Okay. You know, and, and we move on. Yeah, yeah. I'm from a different place, a whole different part of the world. Uh, uh, Spanish is my first language. As I was saying, A, B, C, D, F, G. And they're like, oh, and, and we can move on as professionals. What I want to say is, look, it's benefited me to understand, especially being an individual that Spanish is my first language. I learned it later in life. I exposed to it. I became fluent in Mexico, but I will never speak Spanish like a Mexican. To this day, I don't. I still don't get a lot of the uh, the double meanings. I don't get a lot of the slang that changes region to region. I move around a lot, so it's uh, there's no way I'm gonna know it. I don't even try. And one thing I also don't do: two things. I don't swear when I'm speaking to people. I'm not mal hablado, as they say. I don't got a potty mouth. So I don't swear, and for a man in Mexico to not swear, it's a little odd, number one. And number two, I don't try jokes. They will occur to me, 
I'll think of something witty that I can say right about now as you know, you're like, Oh yeah. It's, it's a, oh, that's a good one. But man, as, as I don't know, people know humor, comedy, it's all in the delivery. And sometimes I'll trip up on the delivery in my experiences. I've learned as you know, in my younger years, you trip up on the delivery. Uh, it's not going to come out right. It's going to fall flat. And you might actually offend somebody by saying something completely wrong. And wah, wah, you're like, oh, didn't now it's awkward. And I look like a total douche. So I don't swear and I don't do jokes. So as a result, folks who know me here in Michigan, you know, I'm a happy-go-lucky, chummy, jokey kind of guy. I'm a different dude in Spanish. To avoid confusion, I'm a different dude. It's just, the word is dry. I've been called dry. For a guy like me, I'm, I'm relatively animated. I'm aware. I've been me a long time. I'm an animated dude. But to be received as, yeah, it's seco, a little bit seco. You're a little, a little dry as I'm meeting new people, especially in a new town, working with people, hiring people to do all kinds of different aspects for this company and everything I need, you know, done. They're like, yeah, it's a, and I'll explain. Well, you know, understand that I'm translating this in my head before I say it in most cases. And, you know, I don't want to come across as, as uh, dry or, or rude, but uh, I do come across as dry or rude at time. I'm aware. In addition to that, I was like, but let me just tell you, in English, I'm one charming, funny dude, just so you know. And they, you know, we laugh, we have a good time, and we move on. And that, you know, that comes with uh, the experience of me doing business down there. And also, it's a new experience and, and, and for those folks down there with whom I work. And they're like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm working with a guy from the United States. And, and, and that's interesting. Oh, look at that. We're all learning something new. So, you know, with all that. It served me well to understand that, look, I ain't going to get it all right. I'm not going to say it all right. If I, I have, uh, I'm, I definitely do not want to act like I understand. I will have no problem saying, oh, slow down. I didn't understand that last part. What was that? What's this word mean? And then they'll say it and just rephrase it and we move forward. What I found is that very thing here in English in the United States, folks have a hard time doing it. And I get it. And understanding that, I you know I don't want to I don't want to be one to correct because I understand especially when it comes to later generations as we are we find ourselves here Spanish becomes more I don't know just not not you know tip of our tongues I'm aware that there's a little bit of uh, um, I don't want to call it shame there's there's a little bit of difficulty with asking for help. With, you know, to let it be known, oh, I don't know that word. But look, what I would, if anything, I'd like to say, look, let's all just uh, show ourselves a little bit of grace and just ask, man. It's cool. I, you know, I, I, silly me, uh, you know, in our home, uh, that's my position. And silly me, I would just assume I could just transfer it to anybody. So I'm at the playground with my children. Uh, This is pre-COVID in the before in the before world. And uh, we're at a playground in, uh, I think it was Allen Park, Lincoln Park, I don't know, somewhere down river, down yonder. Uh, I think that's Lincoln Park. Anyways, so I hear a mother whispering to her child in a low voice, just speaking some Spanish. And I can tell that it's not like Mexican Spanish. It's not like, oh, native speaker Spanish. It's not, it's not, this woman's not a Mexican, but she's speaking Spanish. 
And my child's playing there. They're playing on like the same little jungle gym thing. And she says something quietly. And I'm like, hey, you guys doing Spanish at home? Us too. And she kind of looked at me like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. He heard me. And I'm and, and like kind of startled. And I was like, well, maybe, I don't know. Is, is it the subcultural thing that guys can't talk to married women? Is that why you're looking at me weird? Or is it because I heard you? Or are you weird because I'm a, a guy at, with my kids at the, you know, you think I'm a single dad hitting. I don't know what it was. But she was like, oh, shit. Oh, ooh, oops. And. She's like, oh, yeah. And, and I said, what was – she said uh, a different word than I heard. She did for a balloon. She called it a something else, not a global. And I know it as a global. A balloon is a global. And I was like, what did what'd you call a balloon? What do, you, what do your people call a balloon? And she's she's like, oh, um, she said the word. And I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, well, her, her dad's from Mexico. I was like, oh, okay. you know, and kind of like, you know, scurried away. And I was like, oh, oops, um, okay, oh, nice to meet you, thanks, um, okay. Not making a friend for my kid today, I guess, you know. So, uh, it, it doesn't have to be that hard, man. That's, that's at least where I'm at. Um, I know that, shit, culturally, subculturally, if we want to be specific, Every single thing is geared towards that. It, it's 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 somehow foreign. It's somehow complicated. Lord knows, man. My cell phone, because they listen to everything you say, it, it hears the Spanish. It sees the Spanish typed, so it tells me in my podcast, of which I listen to far too many hours of podcasts of you know analysis and medical news and uh, way too much. The commercials. For, number one, there's only like three of them. And they all say the same thing, and it's so pandering, and I, I just can't stand it. I don't know about y'all, but I just, if you're in this position, man, I can't, I, I don't want to hear the same commercial, and I don't want to hear these fake forced Mexican accents. If you call it soccer or football, we are all familia. I, I just, I'm like, oh, man, first off, we don't talk like that. You know, if if, if we if we look at it, there's only like one sweet spot of generations where, you know, okay, I, I grew up speaking Spanish, which so much that it affects my English pronunciation, so much that I can't make the changes and I don't have 100% vocabulary. In the, it's such a such a sliver of the timeline where people will talk like this and can't say family. I have to say familia. It's, it's just not how it works, bro. And I just, you know, the vast majority of us here are just like me. You know, it's like, okay, we're we're beyond that point. So I don't need to hear those commercials. It, this is my opinion. In my opinion. I don't know if anybody else shares this frustration. But if you do, man, reach out. Let me know. I'm not alone in this. But I just can't handle constantly being, like, approached to by, by these corporate, you know, interests, be it commercials or, God forbid, anybody else. Like, I don't know what's going on in the United States. Like, I'm so foreign. I'm so new here. I don't know how to do banking, how to, you know, uh, uh, acquire you know, assistance in government agencies. And it's just everything's laid out like, listen, here's how it's done. I'm like, yeah, I, I know how to renew my driver's license. Thank you. You know, I, as a as a as a business owner, I went to a couple, you know, I go to you know, in my over my time, you know, being a, a, a business owner, small business owner, I've been to like workshops and things and it just always sucks when i'm like oh this is for not for people who are already doing it this is for people who need to know how to like 
create an LLC. Oh, great. How to like be need information on how checking accounts work. Oh yeah. This ain't for me. And I, I just, I mean me personally, but that again, I've said before, I'm eighth generation here, you know, since we've been, you know, Mexicans and if that makes me uniquely, you know, a, 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 a unique case and, you know, I guess, I don't know. I, I, this is, you know, this is, these are my beefs. I don't know if they're anybody else's, but number one, I don't like being talked to. Like, I don't know how to navigate American society. I don't like being talked to. Like, I don't know what time it is out here, you know, in the United States. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm from East Dearborn for God's sakes. Yeah. English is my first language, bro. I definitely, you know, uh, anyways, I digress. My, my broader point I'm making, as I was saying, is we, I just think we as a, as a people, meaning those who come later that are, I think are oftentimes overlooked. You know, I hear a lot about the Latino vote and like, like it's all one thing, you know, I've gotten inboxes like what's going on in Florida with your people. Like, oh, those, those are like Venezuelans and Cubans. It's a whole different thing. They're like, well, they need to get it together. You know, just whatever. Uh, a lot of my point I'm making is, I just think we all need to show ourselves some grace uh, as it comes to um, cultural aspects, aspects, and Spanish language is the point I'm making. Uh, it served me well to just ask. Hey, what is that? What does that say? And I'll hear things said, and I'm like, oh, uh, what what your people call that? Because it's always your people meaning. That's kind of the way I ask it. Is yeah, your people from where are you guys from Jalisco? We, oh, okay. In Zacatecas, we don't call it that. We call it this. For example, for, for, and a whole other thing is southeastern Michigan's um, uh, idea of what is and is not Mexican is based nearly exclusively on the Mexican population that is here in southeastern Michigan. For example, I was cutting carbs a while ago, you know, super single, watching my protein, my macronutrients, my proteins, fats, and carbohydrates. I was, you know, on a cutting cycle, but I was going out to Mexico and I'm like, dude, I got to eat me some tacos. So I was working up to uh, a carbohydrate tolerance to be able to eat five tortillas because an order of tacos in Zacatecas is in Fresnillo is five tacos. And I posted, Hey, I'm working, you know, day three, whatever, working on my carb, you know, uh, uh, tolerance, uh, 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 diet, trying to be able to not, you know, get sick from eating five tortillas. And a friend commented, it's double, real tacos have two tortillas. And I said, real tacos from Jalisco, real tacos in Zacatecas have one tortilla each. So that's an example of how what is kind of mainstreamed here, and I'm speaking to southeastern Michigan, Metro Detroit, has a lot to do with what's you know, culturally uh, normal or the cultural uh, uh, norm in Jalisco because that's where the majority of our population comes from. I just learned that uh, a lot of folks in New York are from uh, southern state of, not Tabasco, oh, what's it? not Chiapas, oh, what's the name of the state? Oh, tip my tongue, oh, forgot it as I'm trying to say it. I'll remember it here in a second. Are from Campeche. That's right, Campeche. 
a big population of Campeche people are in New York and Tlaxcala. New York has a lot of people, Mexicans from Tlaxcala and Campeche. I'm sure other people, but I just learned there's big populations. And it's just like any type of immigrant community. I mean, you're going to go where you know people, where your support network is. You know, when I switched towns, when I was introduced to Fresno, Zacatecas as a student, I had no, no, nobody just plopped in there with a family. Don't know them. They don't know me. I don't know anybody anywhere, you know, at all. Over the years, I established those networks, you know, old fashioned way, not through like likes and, and, and adding friends on Facebook, like through real relationships. But uh, it helped when I changed towns to Arandas, Jalisco, because a lot of folks here in Metro, in southwest Detroit in particular, southeastern Michigan, uh, have family and friends down there, which I can. Uh, hey, where can I get my muffler reconnected? Oh, go to my boy. He's on this time. You know, I'm, 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 I'll call him. I'll tell him you're on your way. Little stuff like that where you can get some some honest mechanic work done. You know, little stuff like that where you can have a beer in peace. You know, where you can just go and just 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 kind of put your shields down and just relax. You know, because a friend of a friend sent you there. So it's the same way any immigrant community. That's how East Dearborn had a large Lebanese population, has a large Lebanese population, you know. I see a lot of the, uh, uh, at this point, I had kids working for me, friends of my nephews, who are the the offspring of the people I grew up with, and they don't have an East Dearborn accent, bro. I'm like, bro, I got an East Dearborn accent. Uh, and these kids don't. And dude, you're from East Dearborn, bro. I'm like, it was, it's, and that is the graduation of generations, right? You know? So anyways, back to what I was saying as far as what we understand as far as what's Mexican, quote unquote Mexican here. It just depends on, on where the Mexicans are from, where you're at. Because I went to, when I was in Oaxaca, their tamales are in banana leaves, not in corn husks. And it has a piece of chi- a whole piece of chicken, leg, thigh, w- with the bone still in it, in the middle. So you unwrap this banana leaf like a like a Christmas present, all drenched in some, you know, hot, you know, uh, uh sauce. It's it's a uh, you know, juices and it's picante. It's it, it, it's uh hot. Si pica, picante. And I never had a tamale like that and that's their tamales right so i just see a lot of folks you know feeling pressures and i felt them too as far as you know what i need to associate with what i need to be informed of what i need to have in my home how i need to celebrate how i need to you know what alcohol i need to drink you know i'm i'm a corona dude but i mean I don't know. I did a lot of my drinking and as a foreign exchange student, you know, don't tell the organization, but you know, I don't know. That's why I like me a Corona, I guess. I don't know. You know, but I, these pressures to kind of check the boxes. Number one, that sucks and it's rough. And we, I don't think it, it, it's, it's fair for us to put those kind of pressures on ourselves. And number two, you go down to Mexico and it is, as I always say, it is not a monolith. I was down there, mind you. This is ninety-seven. Okay, let's let's again look at the pop culture. 
I mentioned Puff Daddy, Biggie. Everything was like end of the 90s. We're getting ready for like 2000. Everything was futuristic, kind of shiny, kind of silver, real, you know, uh, a lot of pretty. And I was, um, humbly stated, I was rather pretty in those days. I'm talking, where do you, where do you go? Kind of pretty. You know, club scene was big. I mean, they were making Night at the Roxbury movies about the club scene as a spoof of this whole club scene that was so big. And I, of course, go to Mexico as a student and... Dude, there was a huge club scene. And it's not what you would know as this morning in my work van, I put my Diet Pepsi inside the cup holder and it turned the radio on. And it was on a uh, an AM station that I haven't put my radio on in so many years. I don't know. But Mexican music came on. And it was like, Puro Mexico. You know, 96.0, whatever it was. I don't, I don't know what it was. But it was... That was like ranchera music, ranch music. And I just it I just considered how when I was down there, yeah, you had ranch music, but it's not just that. I was deep into like the club music and the um the pop music, Spanish, you know, pop, Spanish rock. I like that stuff. Nobody here does, man. A lot of, you know, and and, and you'll go, you know, a lot of cumbia, you know, um uh, in, in the South, a lot of cumbia in Texas. There's a lot of uh, uh, banda in in like uh, uh, Jalisco. A lot of you know that kind of music up here that we'll hear as Mexican music. But it's not just that. To whereas if you go to, for example, Zacatecas or Sinaloa has like percussion based, uh, uh, horn based music. You know that's that's their banda, tam, tam, tamborazos, I believe they're called. Tambor, and it's like drums and tubas and trumpets. And it's a whole different thing. So it's not, folks were like, oh, that's not Mexican. Oh, that's not a, in the same way they say, oh, that's not a Mexican. That's not, that's not a tamale. And people in Oaxaca, are like, yeah, these are tamales. These, these are, these are our tamales. You know, they're gorditas. They're, everybody has a different, as I said, their cuisine, the way they do it. A torta is different in places. A gordita is different in places. Tamales are different in places. Everything is different depending on where you go. So the point I'm making is that, dude, it is unreasonable. It's an unreasonable expectation for us to have so many generations removed. To be up on all that. To be able to do it flawlessly. And I get it. And understand this. It is a learned behavior that someone will bust your balls over it and it is a learned behavior that cultural behavior it's an echo of our, our our mexican roots and cultures that people will talk shit about those things because god as i said before you know especially if the thing is you look like you should know this and i don't know this i'm like i i yeah i get that but i'm not from here and they're like oh now that we're past that you know let's move on you know rephrase what you're saying so i can understand it so i can give you this money and they're like oh definitely you know they'll they'll work with you so i just wanted to address those pressures that i guess are kind of taboo not a lot of people want to admit it not a lot of people want to talk at least been my experience don't want to talk about it i have seen in my life like an embarrassment i felt the embarrassment growing up you know like i said we we spoke some spanish but it wasn't fluent and like I said, I, I got the Spanish award and I get to Mexico and I did, you know, I did not, it did not help me at all with what I was trying to do. 
you know. So I've seen those that 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 look on folks' faces, like you know, oh, I, I don't understand. It was some Spanish. I didn't get it. What was that? I didn't. And and rather than say, oh, I didn't get that. What what is that? I don't I don't speak Spanish. What what was that? Explain to me. How does that? What was that work? What did, what was said there? Rather than saying that, it's just kind of a nod, like oh, okay, and like oh, you know, it's it, it's awkward. So I don't know. I'm just saying what has worked for me in my experience and what continues to work and what I would recommend to everybody and what I actually wish was really normalized amongst us, the generations past, you know, the, the recent arrivals, you know, our, 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 our parents, our grandparents. In, in, I mean, in my case, my great, 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 great grandparents, you know, eight generations, you know, Texas was independent for a while and, you know, just a, a really you know, a whole different story, you know, but what I would say is I think it would, it would benefit us as a, uh, I don't know, as a people, as a, as a demographic, you know, for my folks who are not Mexican American, you know, perhaps this is news to you. Yeah. We're not all, we're not all on the same page. We all don't speak Spanish. We all don't know, you know, as much as, uh, perhaps one would think we do about Mexico about uh, uh, a lot of times it's just like any other. I, I was working as a waiter in high school at Casey's Salad Bar. And like I said, because I'm from East Dearborn, I picked up some Arabic along the way and I would speak Arabic, you know, what I knew to the cooks that were working on the on the cook on the line. And there was this one cat from the South End and South End, you know, uh, just real hood, this kid. And he was uh, he was Lebanese, too, or or I think it was either Iraq, I think it was Iraqi and his, uh, the other, uh, first, well, uh, uh, recent arrival immigrant, uh, cooks were like, Hey, 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 this, this guy, he speaks more Arabic than you. And the guy said, Hey, good for him. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Good for him. Because they were, of course, it was the same exact thing. They were busting his balls because he didn't speak Arabic, being Arabic. And he's like, this guy over here, he speaks better Arabic than you do. And he's just, yeah, yeah, good for him. <laughs> it's everywhere. It's with every group. It's with everything. So, I don't know. My That's one thing I wanted to address <clears throat> is, number one, episode five I was talking about, you know, uh, the challenges of, of being me down yonder. And I guess episode six is the challenges of me being me here amongst, you know, my, my, my own, my own peeps. And I just, uh, like I said, what's worked for me is just to be hey, look, I don't, I don't know. I don't know this. What, what are you saying? What does that work? Well, oh, hold on. What is, what is, what is, what does whatever mean? And they'll, Oh, and it's so random. I get weird looks in Mexico. I'll get, uh, or here in the United States, for example, I'm in the United States. I'm at a hardware store, and a woman. Uh, I'm at the hardware store, the Ace Hardware, Great Lakes Ace, over on Fourth Street, and a Spanish-speaking woman sees me and just walks right up to me. She's like, "Do you speak Spanish?" And I say in Spanish, "I'm like, uh, yes." And she says, "I'm looking for the locks." Estoy buscando los candados. Hablas español? Yo sí. Estoy buscando los candados. She's like, do you speak Spanish? I said, yeah, I'm looking for the locks. And I just said, que es un candado. So it sounds like this in English. Hi, do you speak English? Yes, I'm looking for the locks. What's a lock? She looked at me, what do you mean what's a lock? I'm like, what, the word lock, what is a lock? 
she's like to to lock things up to 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 secure property i'm like oh a lock yeah okay they're over here i saw them over here and she was like as we're walking she says how do you not know what a lock is and i said i speak spanish but i forget words and she says well you speak spanish very well she's like you sound like a mexican i'm like thank you but that was the conversation we had because hey some words i forget some words I'm talking, I hit a brick wall, like brain, brain moving, and then stop. Oh, we don't remember this word right when I'm trying to use it. And that might be unique because, like I said, I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. You know, I'm not an English language learner. It's like I speak better Spanish being in Mexico because my brain kind of shifts in that gear than I do when I'm here in the United States. You know what I mean? I speak better Spanish talking to my daughters because in my mind, it's like, look, I speak Spanish to my daughters. You know, it's just, it's kind of how it works in my mind. And I, that, I'm sure that's unique because um, you got unique experiences. But my broader point is that it, that's, that's how it is for everybody. We all struggle. We all don't know. What I would say is don't beat yourself up over it, dude, bro, sis, you know, fam. I don't beat myself up over it. And it works well for me doing business in Mexico. I'm sure it can work well for you among your own family, teaching your kids, all these things. Because what is unfortunate that I've seen is folks, look, I don't speak it. I'm just, I just don't even, I don't even try. And it's just not only the language loss, but a lot of cultural aspects. It's like, you know, I ain't even, I ain't even, I ain't, I, I, I ain't down. So I ain't even going to try, man. I ain't going to, I ain't even going to put no, you know, it's whatever. Okay. Just move forward. And a lot's lost. You know, a lot of, a lot of, you know, cultural uh, um, traditions, norms, you know, values, aspects, you know, get lost that way. And, and I just, uh, and that's been my experience as I, as I, as I travel Mexico, as I become reacquainted and learn in most cases, learn for the first time about all these things, you know, reacquainted in the stuff that I, you know, was exposed to back as a student. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, this over here. Okay. You know learning more about things I saw as a student that didn't give much thought to, but, you know, then later is explained to me more thoroughly as an adult. I'm like, oh, that's where it comes. Okay, great. I mean, I like that. I enjoy it. And it's been beneficial for me just to ask. Ask for clarity, man. And, and a, a lot of folks, if you know, you know. If you felt these pressures, you do. But, hey, by all means, you know, just ask. Ask me, inbox me. I'm 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 more than happy to tell you what I know, you know. And the answer might be I don't know. I don't know. Let me let me ask somebody else. Let me ask somebody who's who's quote unquote more Mexican than me. You know, they'll they'll probably know. You know, it's that's that's how I do it. And why I say it's my superpower? Because I am aware that is not the norm. And I think it should be. I think we should normalize that. I think we should normalize asking for clarity. I think we should normalize ask. What does that mean? How do you say this? What is, hey, what's the word for this? You know, I think it should be normal. I think we should be able to do that. I think other people do. And I think that is unique to, to our particular demographic that we feel that we can't. And I am aware. I'm like, because, you know, uh, uh, the carita is real. You know, that's the, the ball busting, the, the, the razzing somebody, it's real. That's a cultural aspect. That's real. And if you don't know that it's cultural and it comes, it's, we do this for a reason, we do. We do. 
You know, the whole thing, a phenomenon, well, a, a cultural thing that I saw as a student was the bata. Bata, let's say you're amongst, I don't know, 10 kids, 10, 10 people, and somebody says something that everybody's like, oh, come on, bro. Somebody will scream out, at least this is how it went in Fresnia, they'll say, bata, and everybody there will smack them on the head. It's everybody jump on them at once. And I was like, whoa, 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 dude, what is this? You know? And in an extreme case, a kid got hit by a car trying to avoid one. They were like, bata. And then everybody like goes to smack. He runs away, gets in the, you know, runs into the, you know, street in front of the car, in front of the school and gets hit by a damn car. That was new to me. I never saw that before. But they're like, oh yeah, it's, we, we do that. That's, that's how we do it. You know? And I'm like, oh wait, so like, like group ridicule, that's like a, a thing. That's what y'all do. That's how it goes, right? And of course, I'm not going to ask that because I mean, tell me, I came my mom, right? Don't be a jerk, you know? But I, I, I saw these things and I see them echo and how that affects our behaviors here, generations to follow here. So if anything, I would say, look, no Espanol, no problem, bro. You know, ask. Look it up. Google it. YouTube it. You know, whatever. It's out there. It's out there. Inbox me. Ask me. Hey, have you heard this? Dude, I got no problem. Um, I work, if you know me, you know I work really hard to get my girls speaking Spanish as children, which I did not, you know. Yeah, arroz con pollo. Mocos. A bunch of words that we just used that we didn't know were Spanish. I didn't know arroz con pollo. That's just the food. That's what that is. I didn't know it was three words, which is arroz con pollo, which means rice with chicken. I just, that right there, arroz con pollo. And I didn't know it was Spanish. I didn't know it was three words. That's just what that is. That's a lot of how my Spanish was growing up as a kid stuff that we just, you know, you got a moco. They're like, what's a moco? I'm like, what do you mean what's a moco? You know, my abuela said this. They're like, what, who's abuela? I'm like, what do you mean who's abuela? Abuela. My, my mom's mom, my abuela. They're like, Oh, that's, you mean your grandma? I'm like, no, bro, my abuela, thank you. You know what I mean? Those kind of things growing up. I thought everybody had tortillas. I thought everybody, everybody's mom made them. You know, I thought everybody, so of course, being in fourth grade, asking Miss Shanku, do you have any tortillas? She laughed so hard. <laughs> she was like, this kid's asking me if I got tortillas. <laughs> Little stuff that, I mean, that was my experience. Things that I thought were normal and everybody did that not everybody does. So, anyway, I'm a big fan of asking for clarity. I'm aware that my unique experience of getting uh, uh, ridiculed and shamed, you know, at so young for so long by so many people in Central Mexico kind of got me used to it. And so it's not a big deal. But it served me in the long run. And what I would say is, look, you can ask. I think we should ask. You know, we should ask for clarity. We should ask what that means. And hey, if you if you wanna, you know, speak some Spanish in your house, don't or with your friends, don't don't think that oh I don't speak it well I don't speak it. Fun fact: my wife lied to me for two years when I met her. We were dating, saying she don't speak Spanish. Turns out, totally speaks Spanish. And when I hear her speak Spanish, she's like, I'm like, what? What is this? What are you talking about? You don't speak. It. It's like well, I don't speak it well, so I don't like telling people. I'm like, are you kidding me? So, and because that's that pressure. Of not, and I understand how you feel. I felt the same way. And what I found is that it helps to just ask, which is what I do. What I do. Oh, I don't know that word. Let me look it up. Let me ask somebody. 
my whole, I got WhatsApp. Mexicans use WhatsApp. They got text messages on their phone. They pay for text messages, but they don't use it because it's unreliable. I'm like, what do you, how do you mean it's unreliable? You're going to pay for a service and not use it because it's unreliable? Why, why are you paying for it? And it's news to me. They're like, huh. Yeah, I guess I should, maybe I should talk to Cell's Telcel. Somebody should talk to Telcel for sure. Telcel. Somebody should. Paying for text messages, not being able to get a damn message. So everybody uses WhatsApp, the messaging app, which is starting to gain popularity here. I'm starting to hear commercials for it. Or maybe just because my phone knows I have it installed. So I don't know if anybody else is hearing the WhatsApp commercials. But my point is, I got WhatsApp conversations exclusively for, well, not exclusively. They're my friends I'm in contact with. They ask me, hey, Jimmy, what does this mean in English? And I ask them, hey, what was this? how do you say this in Spanish? Is, is this the way you say it? What, what does this mean? What does it sound like if I say, do I sound like a jerk if I say this? How should I say this? That kind of stuff. And it helps. So, hey, I'm all for normalizing that. And I hope I hope y'all are too. And if you're not, I hope I hope you do become. You're among friends, by all means. I'm you got a friend in me? Ask and I will find out. So anyways, I just I I, I wanted to talk about that because that was uh, uh, an in-depth conversation I had regarding my last pod. And I like the feedback, so keep it coming, y'all. I'm glad to know that, that we want to know more about the uh uh, about what I do down yonder than just the, you know, the, the dangerous stuff. And uh, uh, keep them coming. I, I like it. I'm enjoying this. Episode six. I can't wait for episode seven. What, what, what are we going to, what's the feedback going to be? What are we going to talk about? Episode seven. I thought I could do this. Oh man, it's already been 52 minutes. I could do this all day. Like I said, it's a good outlet for me because my wife already heard all these stories. And I'm downstairs recording this podcast. She's upstairs, I'm sure, can hear me because it's really quiet. The kids are sleeping and my voice is traveling through the house. And she's like, oh, Jesus Christ, shut up about Mexico already. So with that said, I'm going to shut up about Mexico already. Um, Until next time. Thank you very much. Continue to like, continue to share. Um, Again, thanks for your feedback. Looking forward to it. Have a great evening. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers.